Hello and welcome to a new episode of the EAS podcast. In this episode, Pablo from Mexico will interview his former teacher, Dr. Sonia Vasquez Flores, who is an expert on animal health. Enjoy. You can't build peace on empty stomachs. Let's bring one and one together. I watch the world from your point of view. Hello everyone, my name is Pablo and I am currently the National Director of ES Mexico and I am really glad and excited to be here with you in the recording of this podcast. And I have the privilege of interviewing Dr. Sonia Vasquez Flores, which has been a former teacher of mine. And I am really glad that I have had the opportunity to contact her uh, for sharing her experience and sharing her thoughts towards uh, youth in agriculture and in livestock production. So uh, Dr. Sonia, it's a pleasure to have you here today. And I would like to ask you if you could give us a brief introduction about yourself, if possible. Okay, well, thank you very much, Pablo. Um, thank you for this opportunity. Um, I'm a DVM from UNAM. Uh, I made a master's uh, residency in dairy production medicine and a postdoc in UC Davis, everything related to dairy cattle. And I have a doctorate in epidemiology, molecular epidemiology. Um, I also have a specialty in integrative medicine, which is a, diff a variation of what medicine does. But it's like the holistic approach um, towards animal health. Mm -hmm. um, this is recent because I did it last year, but it's like a combination of many years of, of studying it separately, and I, I put it all together last year. Um, so what I do is take care of calves, of cows, wherever they want me to. Um, so I do a lot of consulting for different companies, nutritional and pharmaceutical companies, And I work directly with the farmers as well. So um, in case they need my urgent advice, uh, because I'm cold when there's outbreaks and things like that, then uh, I have to go directly to the dairy um, and, and do whatever it takes in order to control the, the outbreak and then... Um, try to regain health for, for the survivors and put some measures for the future. And I also do consultation every month in different dairies around Mexico. And I do research as well. So whenever I have a question about a product or we are going to um, use a new product in Mexico and Um, they ask my help. I do the protocols. I do the work directly on field. I do lab work, uh, statistics, and then I, I give them the results. And I um, do conferences talking about the, the product, if it worked well, in, in what way, and if it, if it didn't work, why and, and, and how it can be improved. So I, I tell it how it is, and that's how um, I do my work. I tell it how it is. 
sometimes it's a good thing. It's sometimes not so good for for people, but at least we learn. <laughs> so that's that's the whole purpose. <laughs> of course, and not only that, because that compromise that you have towards uh, teaching students and uh, really doing a difference in the dairy industry and in general in the agri-food sector. And besides all the things that you've managed to do with your studies and with the day-to-day -day work that you've done, we know that you have participated in 27 books, including livestock housing, uh, parasitology books and nutrition books, and delivered over 175 lectures uh, around all those years that you've been active and participated also in the writing of more than uh, 50 scientific papers. So it's overwhelming in, in the good sense, the amount of things that you've been able to do within the, the, the livestock production and especially the dairy, dairy uh, production uh, sector. But what we really would like to know is, uh, we know who Dr. Uh, Sonia is and, and the trajectory that you have within the sector, but I, I was wondering if you could tell us what led you into deciding to pursue a career in animal sciences. Hmm. Oh, well, it's from my childhood. <laughs> it was uh, something that grew up on me since I was a, a very young girl. I was eight years old when I started working in, with, with some small projects in my garden. <laughs> And I was dissecting um, worms, and I was, uh, my, my dad gave me a microscope, and that was it. I mean, I was thrilled with the idea of looking at, at the things that I saw in the garden in, in a better way. And it was a very small microscope, and it was, but, but I, I did some testing, and I wrote in my small book because I have a lot of work. Uh, booklet where, where I wrote everything that I saw. And my dad was a scientist. Uh, my brother is a scientist. And I, I, I had to, to be part of, of, of that. But in, in the sense that I needed to help animals, that's, that was the whole purpose. Now, regarding cattle, since I started um, visiting the veterinary school, there was a very, well, it's not, not a dairy, but they had a few animals and they had to milk them and they walked them around in, in, in the school setting. This is in, in, in Mexico City, let me tell you. <laughs> and being able to look at cows at this point in time, it was just amazing for me. And the smell of, of manure and the sight of these beautiful creatures for me was amazing. And I started uh, visiting this vet school since I was 14, 15, because I had a, an uncle that was a veterinarian, but he was involved in, in swine, basically. Uh, and, uh, and he also was a parasitologist. So the only thing that I could do similar to him was becoming a parasitologist. I, I have a speciality in that sense. But um, cattle was amazing for me. It was the, the most beautiful creatures that I saw. And, and I had to do something to understand them. 
at the beginning. So um, I started doing my vet school work very early um, for a moment because of the timing when I finished high school and started vet school, I had some time off. So I, I be, became enrolled in, in the medical school uh, of one, one in, in the Politecnico, which is another good school in, in, or institution in Mexico. And I started learning about rural medical systems. Um, but the basic part of uh, biochemistry and morphophysiology in humans and things like that, which was really good for me because I, I kind of merged what I knew about medical school into the vet school. And then I had a break in, in my um, in schooling system. Um, we had a lot of, of problems with um, political issues in, in the school. And I was a little upset about that. It was tiring. And I took a break. I went to the U.S. to work in a farm. Um, I had married uh, at this point in time, and my uh, spouse still, uh, my, my spouse for 37 years or something like that, um, is involved also in dairy cattle, so it was a, a good thing for us because we had something in common to he was the manager of the dairy, and I started doing the calf racing. The owner was a Dutchman, and he was great because he taught me a lot of things about animal welfare, about um, nutrition, about saving uh, money. And so I had to do something for the animals without wasting a lot of money in, in drugs or treatments or things like that. So I started working on holistic measures in order to, to make them well. Um, so I was in charge of around 240 animals in the and while they were in the lactation period and probably like four times the, that amount because I had to uh, raise them until they got pregnant. So um, there was a lot of animals under my wing and I was really starting. I, I don't know how the owner thought that I could do these things because <laughs> I didn't have any experience whatsoever. Uh, it was really good. I did well. And I did so well that the people in Davis went to see me to see what I was doing because I had less than 1% mortality rates and the animals look gorgeous. Um, it was just a matter of I was cleaning like a Mexican does. <laughs> and I, I was uh, attending the, the small details in what... Uh, was going on in the farm. So I didn't think it was just a, just a matter of doing the right things at the proper time and, and doing it every day. That's it. So nothing else. 
I enjoyed my work. And then I, I got back to Mexico. I finished my, my uh, career. I had my degree and I started working in dairies along that as I, I was studying because I didn't want to miss what I, I learned. And I, I wanted to see if I could help uh, other farmers. So when I was a student, I had six dairies in the calf racing area, which nobody took care of them. So it was really a different thing that I was offering to the farmer because the, uh, uh, the babies were not as important as the cows at the, this point in time. Now they are very important, and now they are the commercial thing to look for, and, and everybody wants to, to uh, do something for the calves. But at this point in time, in 85 up to 94, nobody cared about this, these animals except for a few farmers that were really uh, top of the top. And they still are because they, they were innovative. They, they look for the future and they were looking for the future when they were taking care of these uh, small animals and, and working in the facilities because nothing was, was done properly at, at this time. They, they thought of them as swine or something like that in small crates in in uh, closed uh, buildings without any windows. They thought they were going to die. They exposed them to, to nature. And so things have been improving and, and, and getting better and better to, uh, throughout the years. But it was a, a tough beginning. And as usual, in the field... Uh, ladies are not looked as they are part of the scenario. <laughs> so it was kind of strange. I didn't thought about this at the beginning, but it was kind of strange that I I was one of the few uh, at veterinarians that were, was working in, in the field. And now we have a lot more in agronomists and and as well working in, in dairy, which I, I, I think it's a great thing. We need them. They're very organized. They tend to look for details. Uh, the nurturing aspect of the woman is, is, is very well used in, in the calf area. But it took a long time for other ladies to get into the field. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't agree with you more towards these changes that, that we need to, to do towards our industry and that they are already having place. And we want to thank you uh, for that because you've been a role model and, and a mentor for hundreds of students that have been pursuing a career in animal sciences. And, and I think it's important for them to know that that it's possible to, to follow your passions and that it's possible as well to to pursue a career with something that you love. And I would like to, to start closing uh, the, the, this episode by asking something that maybe could be particular, but I would like to know uh, 
due to the fact of all the challenges that you've been facing uh, in, in the industry of dairy cattle and livestock, uh, has this mindset of being uh, someone from a different country that had this different mentality uh, towards how should dairy cattle and how should uh, dairy production in general should be has helped you towards uh, and has moved the industry towards a point that it's going to be uh, feasible to achieve uh, animal welfare? Hmm, that's interesting. Well, we're pushed through that. There's no other way around it, okay? Animal welfare is something that it's in every consumer's mind. Whenever they, they are uh, drinking milk, um, they think about, um, particularly millennials and centennials, they are thinking about the origin of this product. Probably for many years, we thought it, the milk came from the refrigerator and that's it. But nowadays, they are looking at things in a different way and they are pushing the industry to be better and better. So animal welfare is something that is uh, intrinsic. It's, it's in, 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 the, in the milk production. You cannot mistreat animals and ask them to produce high amounts of milk. Um, so it's contrary to the thought that farmers mistreat animals. It's, it's not necessary. This, this fabulous beast, they are so noble. They're huge. They can weigh uh, 1,000 pounds, but they, they are very noble. They are very sweet. They are very tender. So uh, I cannot imagine why we, we have to mistreat them. The, in, in, in the case of, of farmers, it, it wouldn't work that way. Um, we have to still work in, in some aspects uh, uh, regarding the, um, how do we make everything more pleasant for, for these animals to grow, to thrive, and to produce. Mm -hmm. um, in Mexico, we use the lands that are not good for any other thing in, in, in the agronomy uh, sense of, of production, and we use them for cattle. So basically, we work with cattle in semi-desert conditions, those, the, the ones that are intensive, I mean. We have uh, cattle in the tropical areas, but this, the, the intention is not for high-producing animals. It's, it's more of a, a, a lesser um, a, a mindset in, in the high production, but more in the in the whole um, sustainability system, mm -hmm. which is it's, uh, what we should go towards to in the long run. But animal welfare is something that it's having a revolution. It's we are working towards a better uh, 
treatment in every sense. Mm. But if we think about this, um, babies have their own crates to live on, okay? We are looking at the possibility of, of them uh, growing together like uh, in a kindergarten earlier in life. At the beginning, we can't because of uh, disease matters and because they are immunosuppressed. But we, we're doing a, a lot of good work in the scientific uh, world in order to make them healthier um, and, 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 and thrive under the conditions that we have to put them. We cannot keep them with the mothers. It's, it's something that it cannot be done and it, it won't be done because it, it's more danger to them than any other thing. Um, they are not strong enough in their immune system, so we cannot put them together. But uh, we are looking at, at many ways to, to make their lives much better. Um, and in the, in the area of the, the cow systems, I know that there's lots of things to do but um, some places have great facilities some places have been in, um, uh, looking not only uh, towards the animal welfare but they are certified in animal welfare so we have a few dairies in Mexico that, that they have certification um, and they are really good places. I, I have the luxury of working with one of them, and it's, it's a great place to work. And we still are working in, in making their lives better, even if they are certified. Mm -hmm. So, yes, it is a matter of, of thought, and, and, and we worry about this condition, the, some of the conditions that they have to change, but some of them are really good and we should um, not publicize, but at least acknowledge that things are done in the proper way because it, it wouldn't work for the farmer if it wasn't like that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's an amazing way to, to close this podcast with that thought because I think we do have a responsibility by being students and professionals in the agri-food sector and especially in the dairy uh, production and the livestock production in general that has been a motive of uh, raising a lot of myths and, and lies maybe towards uh, what we really do. And, and I think it's important to raise our voices towards what has been done good, towards also what we need to do in order to, to, to achieve uh, food security and also animal welfare. I think that would be an amazing way to to close this episode and I just want to thank you for your time and I just would like to ask you some final uh, thoughts or any final comment that you would like to give uh, youth involved in agriculture and, and its related sciences to, to motivate them towards this mission and this challenge that we have. Well, we are very fortunate if we are in this field. <laughs> Biologically, uh, we, we are always evolving and nature is always evolving. So it's not, never going to get boring. It's never going to be uh, lame. We have a lot to work towards too. 
So uh, it's a lifetime and we still uh, need to keep on doing things. And so you will never get bored. There's lots of things to do, lots of things to change. And we need to feed the world. <laughs> so. And I would like to close this episode with that. We need and we have to feed the world. So thank you, Dr. Sonia, for this amazing time. And we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you all. Thank you so much, Pablo. My pleasure. Bye-bye. And that was it for this week's episode. Special thanks go to Dr. Sonia Vasquez-Flores for telling her story and to Pablo for doing the interview. The podcast has been edited by me, Ardi, promoted by Festus and his team, and was sponsored by Wageningen University and Research. Thank you for listening and we'll meet you again next week with a new interview from a different continent. You can't build peace on empty stomachs. Let's bring one and one together. I watch the world fall.